For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Does it get catty when you're trying to sign new and upcoming boxers? Like, you know, Tim Zhu, for example, who, you know, has got a world championship fight in February, January? Yeah, January, yeah. Is that locked in? Locked in January 28th. Perfect. In Fine. Vegas. In Vegas. Yeah. Like, for example, when when he was unsigned, is there a lot of competition for these young guys? Or? Yeah, I, I mean, there is. There is. There's, um, I mean, even now there's there's international promoters, you know, trying to move in on, on a lot of our local talent as well. So um, That must be tough then. Yeah, yeah, of the, course. The, the big international ones. Of course, you know, like, and Eddie Hearn's making his way into Australia. He wants to he wants to promote fights here and he wants to sign more Aussie talent. Smooth car um, as well. Yeah, very, very. And he's, you know, he's, he's got plenty behind him too. Mm, so yeah. he can afford to, he can afford to do a lot of things that, that the rest of us probably can't. So, um, I don't know who promotes Charlo, but, was the, what was that experience of like sitting down to hash out a world championship fight? Was that were you sort of pinching yourself, going, "Jesus Christ!" Like oh, a couple of boys from Bathurst representing <laughs> the biggest one of the biggest fighters in Australia for the bright lights of the double the, the <laughs> sitting down to hash out a world championship fight. We're like, what was that experience like? Yeah, well, like I'm, I mean, his guys are a PBC who are the biggest. Um, you know, they've got all of the talent. You nearly every great fighter in the world. You mentioned their name. Most of them are with PBC. PBC have got a lot of really good fighters, and um, Charlo is one of those guys. Even in Tim's division, they've got about you know six of the best fighters in his division. We were still learning on the job for 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 quite some time, and and um, and now you know navigating the international space, it was the same thing. It was learning on the job. You know, you, you can't just walk into the PBC office and say, hey, you know, we want to put a fight over here. We want to you know we want to fight your guys. We want to do this, this, and this. Because I say, yeah, see you later, mate. Mm. Yeah. Who are you? Beat it. Yeah. Um, and so, so the the work that we put in um, to get to the point we're at now, it's um, yeah, man, it's cool. You're saying, you know, that who's to say in 12 months' time you aren't promoting overseas? Does a win for Tim sort of open those doors more for you if you were to go and do it, put on international fights? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, when Tim wins the world title in when January, Tim? the world's his playground. You know, wherever he wants to fight, we can look at making that happen from then because we've got the champion. We've got the champion. And with with the champion comes the power to be able to, you know, be able to navigate a lot smoother than, than when you're the challenger. You, you know, everybody's you coming to you and they'll they'll take they'll make sacrifices to, you know, to, to reach it on, on your terms to be able to um to be able to get in the ring with Tim because, you know, he's he's got all of the everything in his favour. What's the future for No Limit look like? Like what are your what are your five ten year plans for um, promotion for the sport? Yeah, well, I mean, we just want to keep we just like you mentioned earlier about being a tier one sport. That's what we want for boxing in Australia. I think we've had so many talented fighters over the years, and we haven't always had the platform for them. Um, I think if this platform was around, you know, for for other guys for their careers, I think they would have had a very different career and they would have had a di- very different outcome. To how their careers went, um, and that's what we want. We just we still want to keep that platform here in Australia. We want regular fights, people tuning in, getting to know our fighters, and and knowing that there's a path here for, for if you can fight. If you're a bloke who can fight, you've got a path here for you to make a, a really great career of it. And um, you know, and then there's the obviously the transitions on the back of that is that you know 
there will be a lot of opportunities through media, through everything else around the sport that'll grow off the back of us, you know, being able to build this big platform here. And, you know, we don't want to stop here because we want to have world champions. We want to have world champions in our stable. And um, in doing that, we want to be able to put fights on overseas and, and be able to have that, uh, them opportunities, you know. When, when Tim's defending his world title over in, in the States, we want our next guys coming over there and fighting on the undercard of that mm. and, and having them big fights that it's really hard to get them opportunities for, for people to get them big fights. But when someone's opened the door for someone else, you know, everybody can walk through. You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport. We are here chatting to the CEO of No Limit Boxing and former NRL star George Rose. Now, George, if we can just now maybe transition back to, I mean, obviously No Limit killing it, but what... Back to the glory days. Back to the glory days. Yes. I mean, sure, you played some couple of games for the Roosters. I know you played for the Storm. I think I remember you in a Dragons jersey, but yes. I choose to pretend like you never represented that club. <laughs> for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. <laughs> the Dragons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, you're someone who's been able to be successful in two careers. Most people don't get to be successful at anything. How do you reflect back on your rugby league career, um, just generally, I guess? No, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, um, you know, I played twelve years in the NRL. I got to win a grand final. Um, I played in, you know, what I think was one of the best teams of the last, you know, thirty odd years. 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, maybe history. That of the too. Game. So in the history <laughs> of the game, in the history of the game, most ju- good judges. Good judges say history of the game. You know, yeah. I, I am. I'm very grateful that I got to got to play during that period, and 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 it was a time when. When the footy was really enjoyable too, like there was still a lot of things that we could do that that was fun on the yeah. field. So, um, yeah, very grateful. How did you find the manly team dynamic in those years? Because I mean, there was some friction. One of the first podcasts we ever did that got us a bit of coverage was when Watmo called Cherry Evans, um, <laughs> which we were a bit like, okay, Chuck, Jesus Christ. But you know, the team itself was phenomenal. But then there were some like you know bit of back and forth and stuff like that. You seem like the sort of guy who just sort of was friends with everyone, but how did you find just the team generally? Oh, awesome, awesome. Like, I, I mean, and the thing that stood out for me was when I first when I first went to Manly is that everybody just treated you the same. Mm. I mean, we had some superstar guys there. Mm. Um, but, you know, when you're going through pre-seasons, it's, it's painful. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, you finish the week and, and you've got, you know, Brett Stewart throws out, hey, boys, having a few beers and pizzas at, at home, you know, come around and, and and it's sort of thrown open to, you know, to not only the, the superstar of the team, but it's it's everyone down to guys that are there on a train and trial, um, guys who are, you know, 18-year-olds up training with the, with the, um, with the top squad for, for pre-season. Everyone was welcome, you know. Doors were open to everyone, and and when you when you're on the beaches, it's it's like it's a, a big country town over there as well because it's um you know no one travels over the spit once you once you're on the beaches you're on the beaches and everyone knows each other you know you know all of the spots to go to and um so so being a part of that was was really cool. It was a really really good really good culture that we had at the club. Yeah. How'd you find a Desi preseason? Were you treated any like? Would he go easier on you or like you know the bigger boys or was it like no nah, mate you've all got to 
no, no, he wouldn't go easy on you. No, no, no. Des, Des <laughs> had, um, Des had, Des has, he had his standards. Um, the best and the worst thing that happened for Des was was sports science coming into it, and you know he was he was one of the leaders in, in you know he wanted to bring sports science on board. You know, we, let's get our GPS, let's get our data, all this stuff here, mm. let's bring it on. Um, but so he was real excited because he wanted to push the boundaries even further, make people train harder. But what it did was actually then be able to monitor what we were doing and, and, and be able to limit what he was able to do to us as well. Because, <laughs> you know, there is a limit to what your body can do. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, so we actually had the data to back it up and he was like, no, nah, he he's given absolutely everything he's got. This is where they're at. You know, you've got to back off. You've got to give him a day off. And so it all worked against him. Going that route is that he couldn't do his old hard shit that he wanted to do to us. And, and um, you know, we had Donnie in our corner who, you know, he was great. Donnie Singe, he was a, the head strength and condition guy um, at the Seagulls and, you know, he he was great for us too. He pushed us to our absolute limits, knew what your limit was, and then um, you know, let you do what you had to do. You're like pr- probably one of Manly's favourite sons, like Twinkle Toes, Georgie Rose. Do you, <laughs> do you ever get sick of hearing that and being beloved by the people? Like, because you are legitimately like, but not one of the Manly. cult heroes. Like he was, I reckon, just an NRL cult figure as well, right? Hundred like percent for Manly. Not many people get that status. If any, like. They don't. They they don't replace each other. No, 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 exactly. But like it's just they're a rare. That sort of like pop hit. up. Yeah. No, look, I, I don't. I don't have any issues with that at all. Because on the other side, I could have everybody hate me. You're yeah. that <laughs> who used to play for Manly. <laughs> no, so you know, I, I'd, I'd hate that. You know, I'd, if everyone loves me, I'll, I'll embrace it. I love it. Mm. You know, I, I really do appreciate it. And and I like the the thing that I actually missed the most from my my footy career was the moment when I used to run onto the field at Brookie and Grant Goldman would announce me onto the field, I'm for the field number 17, George Rose. Yeah. Well, gorgeous, sorry. Gorgeous, yeah, because it was gorgeous, George, George yeah, Rose. That's right. My old man was always twinkie to- Twinkle Toes Georgie Rose, yeah. and we were like, we need that to take off as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Twinkle Toes <laughs> Yeah, I'm Twinkle Toes Georgie Rose. <laughs> yeah. and, they, and then the crowd would, the, I'd, I'd hear the roar from the crowd and be like, how good's that? They're cheering for me, and I'd get the ball and I'd just charge onto it, and you'd hear them cheering when you when you wind up. And every time, it just made me want to wind up even harder because I'd hear that cheer. And I think the biggest thing that I miss from footy was that that cheer of the of the Brookie crowd. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally, wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter, or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.